Welcome to Chronicles of a Hostelite, where broke backpacking meets digital nomading. This podcast is for anyone obsessed with long-term travel. Michaela and guests will share travel stories, destination recaps, and the ins and outs of backpacker culture. Most importantly, there will be real talk on what it's actually like solo traveling as a female, living out of a backpack for an extended period of time, and working remote from all over the world. Listen along. Episode 6. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Welcome back, all my fellow hosteliters. Thank you for being here. It's just me, Michaela, today, and this is going to be a quick episode. Um, Before I get into what the episode's going to be about, I want to do a little update on my travel plans. So if you listened to a few episodes ago, I talked about how I'm going to Portugal and Spain next month, and then Australia after that, and potentially a little bit of Asia Southeast Asia, maybe after that. Um, But I've finally solidified my Australia plans, kind of. I mean, loosely, because I don't ever really like having solid plans. But my friend and I know what we're going to be doing for the first month, which is very exciting because I feel like I never have a month of travels planned ahead of time. Like, this is so weird. But we are doing four weeks on the east coast of Australia to start our time there. And we're starting in Melbourne or Melbourne, however you say it. I don't want to say Melbourne because I feel like that would be the same as me saying Barcelona or something. So I'm just going to stick with Melbourne. And then we're going all the way up and ending in Cairns. And that is supposed to take around four weeks, although it can be done in a lot longer period of time, I've heard. So what we are doing is we're using this company called Peter Pan Adventure or something like that. And we'd heard a ton of good reviews about it. Apparently, it's run by backpackers, like all the people who are on their working holiday visa. A lot of them work there. So it's people who know what you're looking for, know what you're going to be doing, the type of activities you want to do, the type of hostels that you want to stay in. It was just so nice working with them because it felt like I was talking to another backpacker who just had all the best recommendations of and knew what we wanted to do before without us even having to tell them our preferences. They just put together like the best itinerary. Another cool thing they do apparently is when we get there, they price match if we find any activities or anything that are less expensive. That's a little added bonus that we actually learned the other day. But anyways, what we book through them is it's a flexible package. Or it's called a self-guided tour, actually. Um, and it only includes a 30-day Greyhound bus hop-on, hop-off bus package. Like unlimited for 30 days. And then it includes different activities. um, And the activities that we're doing that are included are Blue Mountain Tour, Surf Lesson in Byron Bay, Everglades Tour, I think that's in Noosa, um, a two-night trip on Fraser Island, and a two-night sailing cruise in the Whitsundays, a Great Barrier Reef Tour, and a dive, which is incredible. 
a waterfall and rainforest tour in Cairns, and then whitewater rafting in Cairns. So those are all the activities that are included. We have completely left out all accommodation. And the reason for this is because we want to still keep it a little bit flexible so that we, if we end up in say like Byron Bay and we want to stay there an extra three nights or something, we want to extend our stay there, then we can stay there. And basically it doesn't affect anything after that because we won't have any accommodation booked. Um, so we'll just book it day of. And we're going to end up meeting people and probably will want to stay where everyone else is staying or who knows what. Um, and Peter Pan said that they give us tons of hostel recommendations. This will even allow us to go off and camp if we want. Like there's so many more options. It just gives us a lot more flexibility. Um, the other cool thing is that all of the activities are booked at this point on specific days but they can be moved to any other days. So let's say, yeah, we want to stay in Byron Bay a few extra days. Then we can just contact those tour operators for each each activity we have booked and change the date so that we won't miss anything. The only thing that's like completely set in stone is the two nights on Fraser Island and the two nights sailing cruise um, in the Sundays. Because apparently those book up so far in advance. And they told us this right at the beginning. Like, you definitely want to get those in as soon as possible. And once you have them um, for specific dates, you can't change the dates at all. So those were the two things. And those two also include accommodation and meals. But yeah, otherwise, it's going to be such a cool trip. And well obviously we were reporting back on how it all goes um yeah so that's my little travel update another thing that i wanted to mention is we changed our instagram name to chronicles of a hostelite because it used to be where to cuz so if you notice that that's why just to make it all cohesive and yeah now i'll just get into the episode so today i'm going to do just a quick one on travel first aid and toiletry kit tips and this is stuff that i've gathered from my travels i'm not a doctor i'm not even first aid certified yet even though i will be getting that soon but that's another thing um so the first aid kit stuff like this is not by any means professional advice this is just what i've been doing and what i've picked up anyways take it all with a grain of salt but I have become very obsessed with my first aid and toiletries and I'm like kind of a freak about it my first aid and toiletry kit take up legitimately half of my bag I use a Patagonia black hole cube and I think I have the six liter or the 10 liter it's pretty big and then inside that I use a dry bag and that's where I put all my first aid stuff and I carry it in there. Um, But yeah, I basically have everything under the sun because I've been in those situations where I've been sick and alone and it's just not fun. That's not a situation you wanna be in ever. And also the cool thing about it is more times than not, it's me giving other people 
like medicine or whatever it is that I have and they need. There have been so many times when I've had to pull out like Benadryl and stuff like that to give to people. These tips that I'm going to be giving are for long-term traveling. So not your like one to two week type trips, but I'm talking more multi-month kind of the trips where you're just going off. Not even, I'm not even going to call it a trip. That's the wrong word because I don't consider my traveling trips or holidays or vacations. Like it's just my way of living now. And I think when people are traveling for that long of a period of time, it's like not a vacation. It's just like how you're living. Um, so this is for when you're going off for you don't really even know when you're going to be coming home. Just an indefinite period of time, multiple months, a year, whatever. So I'll just get into some tips. I have 17 little tips and then um, I'll go through my like first aid stuff more in detail after that. So always remember, first of all, this isn't a tip, but just always remember you can always buy whatever you need wherever you're going. So again, I'm a little bit psycho about packing ahead of time these things because I just don't want to have to deal with it when I'm there. But when it comes down to it, you can basically get anything anywhere within reason. So I feel like this isn't something to totally freak out about. But I remember also when I um, before I started traveling for long, more long periods of time, I did so much Googling about what to bring and everything. So, yeah, so it's nothing to panic about. If you forget something, you can always get it. Okay, number one, stick to your normal health routine as much as possible. So basically just continue. If you take vitamins, continue to take your vitamins. If you take allergy medicine, like any medication, whatever, try to stick to whatever sort of health routine you have. If you take like multivitamins in the morning and stuff like that, um, because again, I just want to emphasize this isn't a vacation that we're talking about. This is like just you're continuing it. And I always try to keep that in my mindset of like trying to just stay healthy. So that's my biggest thing if you can. Okay, number two, make sure you get all your meds ahead of time. So if you have any prescribed medication, it is possible. If you have health insurance and you have like your normal um, doctor, go to them. They can prescribe if you explain to them your situation. I'm not going to say they can always because I don't know the situation, but in my case, uh, my doctor was able to, to prescribe like multiple months ahead of time. And then I had to call my health insurance and my health insurance had to call my pharmacy with me on the phone so that we could all like approve on the phone at once and that's how the pharmacy was able to actually give me all the like six months at once so definitely i would recommend doing that if you can um, and if you need actual like prescribed medication because traveling for long periods of time is not it's not like um how do i say this it's not friendly to the people who take really specific medications and have, I don't know, different health issues or something. Or if you do therapy or anything, like if you're traveling for many months, it's just impossible, I think, to get 
therapy abroad and have it go through your health insurance? I haven't figured it out yet, so it's hard. I don't, I don't have the answers to that. Maybe I'll try to do more research on that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's difficult for people who just need things, especially when you're in another country and health insurance um, doesn't cover things when you're in another country, obviously. Um, but when I was in Cape Town, I ran out of some of the things I needed. And so, and I hadn't gotten it ahead of time or I, would, I think I was gone like longer than what I had gotten. And so I had to go to a doctor there. They were able to pres- prescribe my uh, medications. And then um, basically I just had to pay for it. Um, yeah, so that's always an option. But again, depends like how specific the medication is and also how expensive it is and everything. Okay, so yeah, that's number two. Number three, if you need specific travel meds like malaria or something, depending on where you're going, um, I would recommend seeing like your normal doctor instead of going to a travel doctor. Again, I don't know if this is the case all the time, but when I went to see a travel doctor, it didn't go through insurance and they also just tried to like rip me off with so many things. I ended up spending so much money. So that's just a little tip I would recommend that I didn't really realize before I went to the travel doctor. I like kind of assumed that they took insurance. They didn't take any insurance, like not just mine, but any at all. Number four, much like number one, it's also important to stick to your normal skincare routine as much as possible. And I say like as much as possible with big emphasis because it's so much harder. I think when you're staying in hostels and using communal bathrooms and um, like it's not like you can just go to the bathroom, like dim the lights, light a candle and whip out your gua sha and like that's just like not possible. It's not possible to have that type of skincare routine when you're staying using communal bathrooms and stuff. I mean, if you can, like, go off. That's awesome. But, like, I've never been able to do that. Um, so I guess if you can, try to take it down a notch. But, I mean, just, like, making sure your skin doesn't lose it. I don't know. Most nights you're coming back to a dark room anyways and, like, have to gather the things you need to then go to the bathroom. So, um, yeah, that's, like... A kind of a big thing like stick to stick to what's not gonna let your skin lose it but um, maybe you don't need the eyelash growth serum okay number five don't bring expensive stuff definitely because you're going to lose half of your toiletries this happened at least 10 times or more I would go into a communal shower bring a few of the items I needed for my shower, like my face wash, whatever, and would just leave it in the shower. And the amount of times I bought like nice face washes and all this stuff and just left it in the shower and then I moved to the next town, such a waste of money. So yeah, definitely just don't bring expensive stuff because you're gonna lose a lot of it anyways. Also, this goes for everything. So any skin, like any of those serums, anything, also makeup, don't bring fancy razors like just stick to the basic like really cheap razors don't bring like fancy toothbrushes honestly just the basic ones and also jewelry like don't bring fancy jewelry that's like a huge no-no I lost my entire jewelry little container thing like bag 
just like a few months ago when I was traveling. So luckily I didn't have anything crazy in it. Okay, number six, start using products that will likely be in other countries. I kind of picked this up a few years ago. I had always used CeraVe and I realized when I was in Mexico once, cause I ran out and needed to get new face wash that they had it. And since then in all my travels, I've always been able to find it. Um, so brands like that, like CeraVe, Cetaphil, there's so many others that are just used in many, many countries and are good to stick to. Like if you can kind of transition into using those before you leave, that's awesome because when you run out of that face wash and you want to buy more, you can just get the same stuff. So that's like one of my biggest tips. Um, okay. Number seven, use a weekly divider for all of your pills and stuff that you need to take. And technically, you're supposed to keep all of your meds in the original containers with the labels. That's what you're technically supposed to do. Um, but that's not exactly what I do. So I use a weekly divider and I actually learned this from my cousin Erin who started doing this when she went and backpacked South America. Um, so instead of like taking one medication and putting them like in each day throughout the week you just take that one and put all of them in one day so for example if I'm taking like iron I'll put all of my iron in Monday if I have allergy medicine I'll put all of my allergies medicine in Tuesday all my charcoal in Wednesday and like all of my Advil in Thursday yada 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 so that's just a good way to like consolidate space. Also, you don't need to bring those like huge bottles of Advil and whatever. So it's just an easier way to bring just what you kind of feel like you need. Like you don't need 400 pills of stool softener. Like no, you can just put in enough that will fit into one of those little weekly dividers in one day. They'll fit in Monday, that's fine. Okay, so that's number seven. Number eight, forget about those reusable reusable containers. So, you know, the little reusable tubes that you like put your face wash in. I never use those. I don't know if some people do maybe and they swear by them. Um, but for me personally, when you're traveling for a long period of time, like let's say you put something in there, it's gonna run out and then you're gonna have to buy more so then all of a sudden you have this new, like brand new face wash, but you also have this old container that you ran out of previously. So it's like, you're not gonna now put the new face wash in there because then you're just gonna have both and it's just weird. Um, so I only really use those for things that I know are gonna last forever. But other than that, I never use those. Okay, number nine, bring a bunch of plastic bags. I mean, ideally reusable if you have them, um, but otherwise like Ziploc zip bags. A lot of countries actually have banned plastic bags like Kenya and Tanzania. And if you, I know a lot in Africa actually have like completely banned plastic bags. You're allowed to bring them. You just can't dispose of them there. So you have to like pack out, pack them out when you're leaving the country. Anyways, so Bring reusable bags if you can, or just little plastic bags. And I always store them in um, behind the like mesh area of my backpack. So the part that like touches your back. And I use them for everything. 
obviously for toiletries is to put things in that might leak. Um, but they're also just handy to have. Okay, number 10. Use a dry bag for your first aid kit slash meds. That I mentioned at the beginning, but I would definitely recommend it because if, again, if anything in your toiletries spill, if you're carrying them in the same, like, container, then you want to keep all your first aid stuff clean. Um, so I would for sure put that in a dry bag, even if it's not with your toiletries. Like, if you're in places where there's a lot of water or whatever, like, it's good to it's good to have it um, in a dry bag. Okay, 11, keep your makeup routine simple. This kind of goes along with the other ones at the beginning. Um, but I found that backpackers and people staying in hostels don't tend to wear so much makeup, if any at all. It really does depend on the area you're in, the location. Um, when I was in, in Latin America, I never wore makeup and I, a lot of people didn't wear it as much um but again some people do for me I was just sweating all day and all night like I would just go out and just start svitzing literally so I just never wore it um unless you have like really good waterproof stuff I guess if you're backpacking it's not it's not really like the cleanest environment anyways like I feel like you're always kind of dirty I don't know um, but in Cape Town and, and in Europe, I feel like I wore more makeup. So it really depends. But I would just keep it simple. Again, I'm by far like not a makeup expert. But I just bring mascara and like super basic things. Number 12, do not bring a blow dryer or hair straightener. Literally forget it. Leave it at home. I rarely see people using these in hostels. If you need it, that's a different story because some people need it for their hair. Um, otherwise, just embrace it. I used to use a hair, oh my God, I used to use a blow dryer every single day, every single day. And since I've started traveling like this, I haven't used it once and I've just embraced my frizzy hair, especially in the humid places. But everyone's kind of embracing it, so you don't feel weird. Okay, number 13, don't pack shampoo and conditioner. Just buy it whenever you, wherever you arrive. Um, because yeah, there's just no point in buying it ahead of time. You don't, don't even bring the little ones. It's just, for me, it's always been easier to wherever I arrive, I just buy the normal size bottles and I carry them with me everywhere. They also, for me, last forever because I um, don't wash, like I wash my hair once or twice a week, so they last a long time. So you can definitely just buy those wherever you land. I, okay, I guess another little tip inside this tip is I sometimes also use my shampoo as body wash. I feel like they're literally the same ingredients, honestly. Like maybe I'm wrong, but I'm gonna say they're basically the same thing. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes the little two-in-one. Oh, also you can use your plastic bags that you brought. Put these bad boys in there. Okay, number 14. This one's like interesting. I don't know if I really recommend it, but it's just something I do. I have this body oil that my sister got me that I'm obsessed with. And I use this actually instead of lotion. So I don't even carry lotion with me because this doubles as body lotion and perfume. It smells so good. So, okay, that's another little tip. Um, okay. 
15, bring tampons just to get you started if you are a female. So a lot of countries, I found that it's sometimes like hard to find tampons depending on the country. So just bring them to get you started. Um, okay, so 16, use a reusable Q-tip. Obviously, that's my favorite thing ever. 17, bring laundry soap. I use the one um, called Dr. Bronner's Organic Liquid Soap, and it's the little travel size one. It's tiny, and it um, I got it from REI. It's a lavender flavor, and it's just really nice to clean your underwear and socks if you need to, or small things. It a little goes a long way with that stuff. So I would definitely recommend bringing that. One of my friends in Colombia had a mini like travel size clothing line um that she literally would just each end had those little sticky things that you put on the wall and like the suction cup things and she would just like hang it across her dorm bed and dry her little things so i thought that was fun uh, also another thing since that was the last tip but i actually just thought of something else a lot of places only sell the the face wash in bar soap form. So I was just thinking also, it's nice to have one of those bar soap holders. And I got one from a company called Matador, which is also the company where I got my dry bag. Um, but Matador has this, a really good bar soap holder. And it's essentially a mini dry bag because it just rolls up and you clip it and nothing leaks it you literally just put your soapy thing in there after you've used it even if it's still like wet um and it just dries and it doesn't get anywhere so that's also not a nice thing to have if you have just a bar of soap for your body but also because in a lot of countries i've found they use bar soaps for face wash too like the CeraVe ones and stuff. So that's like a fun thing to have. I always bring mine with me actually. Okay, now I'm gonna just quickly go into kind of what I pack in my medicine cabinet. I'm gonna call it, it's not even a first aid kit because I literally bring so much stuff. Also, this is like, um, most people don't pack this much. So I don't think I'm normal in packing all this stuff, but I just like to be prepared. <laughs> okay, so first thing would be any like prescribed medication and specific travel medicine. So malaria pills, whatever. I also bring pain medicine that is only basically for hangovers. So, you know, your Advil, your Tylenol, your ibuprofen, etc. Allergy medicine, um, like Benadryl. Aside from just, I guess, your regular allergy medicine like Flonase and whatever, I also carry little packets of Benadryl. And I just have the ones that have like one or, I forget, one or two pills per package. And those are nice to just carry. Okay, and then I also pack with me diarrhea relief. I bring usually just charcoal because I swear by charcoal, again, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what's in it. But when I was in Mexico last year, it saved me. So yeah, charcoal for me. Um, but I guess Imodium would work too and whatever else. But those are the two I know of. 
Charcoal I like because also when I was in Cape Town, I just for some reason really loved drinking the tap water, even though it always made me sick, but I thought if I kept drinking it, I would just get used to it, which eventually I did, but it took a while and that charcoal really helped when I was feeling a little icky. Okay, next, nausea or like vomiting relief. So I have a prescribed one that's called Zofran. Got it from my doctor after the Mexico incident where I got food poisoning. She prescribed like all these travel meds for me to just carry with me. Um, So Zofran, that's what I have. I don't know if there's other like over-the-counter ones. And then I also carry Dramamine, which is motion sickness, because in Panama, I destroyed a night bus. So ever since then, I've always brought um, motion sickness medicine with me for those night buses. It's so hard on the night buses because it's pitch black outside, so you can't look at the horizon. Okay, sleeping meds. I don't travel with this, but... um, Again, I think people do like to use it for those long overnight buses or plane rides. So that's a good one. Heartburn and acid relief and also gas relief little things that you want like Gaviscon, Gas-X, whatever. Um, I feel like that's like a case by case thing if you need those things. I love some stool softeners. Again, you you never really know what you're going to be eating. I feel like it goes both ways. Like, you either need a stool softener or you need your charcoal or Imodium. So, yeah. I, I bring both, just in case. Another prescribed one that I have is a Z-Pack, for, which is like an antibiotic for bacterial infection. That's just one I have, like, for emergencies that my doctor also prescribed to me. Um, okay, my next one is kind of a medicine that like, if you know, you know, it's called Azo or Azo or Azo. And again, if you know, you know, I always bring that just in case. Cold sore medicine. Um, I'm going to cut that part out because I get cold sores. So I bring something for that. Okay. The next little things are not medicine, but just first aid kit items. I bring a Vicks inhaler nasal stick, which I first discovered when I was in London earlier this year by one of my friends because I just had a little cold and she gave me this thing, which she had cleaned and it was great. It really opens you up and you don't need to like rub goop on your chest. So that was kind of fun. Now I carry it with me everywhere. I also have band-aids, gauze, but I use the little individually wrapped sterile squares. Um, and I bring tape or like adhesive bandage, neosporin, anti-itch cream, because you know you're going to be covered in bug bites if you're anything like me. Also, I guess that's good for any sort of rashes. Um, a few years ago, I was in South Africa and I stepped in a tick's nest when I was doing a game walk and it was a pepper ticks and like a baby pepper ticks. And I got so many, I over 200, I counted, over 200 tick bites. I actually didn't use any um, anti-itch cream. They like gave me some serious stuff and told me that I had to prepare for African tick bite fever, which I didn't end up getting, thank God. Anyways, okay, tweezers I bring, 
I also bring a thermometer, which I've, I like, I've used the thermometer so many times. I feel like that's just like first aid kit 101. Um, and then of course, electrolyte packets. I always throw in like 10 of those just to start me off. Again, those are usually only used after a long night out. And last but not least, antiseptic wipes to clean cuts and such. I've, I've actually never traveled with those, but I really need to, cause that's a good little handy thing to have. Um, all right, that's it. Yeah, maybe I'll try to like do some other episodes on more specific things, like how to stay healthy while traveling and I don't know, things like that. But this was kind of fun to record um, since no one asked. Here you go, here it is. Anyways, bye.